welcome to the Brave Parenting Podcast, an examination of the Bible and how parents can apply God's word to raising kids in a culture saturated with media and technology. We look at everyday issues from a biblical worldview that you can trust the sufficiency of scripture and apply its truth to your life as you raise and disciple your kids. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Kelly Newcomb, joined as always by Chelsea Hazel. Hello, hello. And y'all, I'm so excited for today's podcast because number one, we have a special guest with us who I love. And number two, because this is information that you really need to know. Yeah, even if it like legitimately blows your mind, like that little emoji with his head popping Yes, off, that's exactly what I'm talking about, <laughs> This podcast is exactly that, yeah. So when I shared this topic with you, Chelsea, when I said, hey, have you checked this out? Have you seen this? What was your response? Mm, quote, I am officially freaked out, unquote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so today we're going to be talking about chat GPT. And essentially how it changes everything, or at least it's going to change everything. This conversation, honestly, Kelly, you know, when we were thinking about it, it doesn't have a ton of biblical application, but we thought that it was really, really valuable and um, good information that's going to just really aid every parent in understanding the benefits and dangers of basically how this is going to change the landscape of technology right now. Yeah, absolutely. So without further ado, my guest today has spent 18 years running a web development company and now teaches high school computer science and geometry at a classical Christian private school. Welcome to the podcast, my awesome husband, Ryan Newcomb. Uh, Thanks, Kelly. It's always a little different to be behind the microphone instead of in front of a computer editing the podcast audio. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to you editing yourself in the podcast. (laughs) Because you're going to realize that it's actually necessary to breathe while you talk for an hour. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm absolutely Mm -hmm. dreading having to listen to myself and edit my own voice in this episode. I'm fully prepared to yell at myself the entire time while I'm doing it. So So our listeners know this is an ongoing conversation between Ryan, Chelsea, and I. In an effort to make Ryan's editing process easier, we are constantly encouraged by him to not breathe or not breathe. <laughs> not breathe close to the microphone. Don't take deep breaths. You know, all these, all of these like nitpicky things. Not mm-hmm. say. Don't say, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. The counselor in me, I can't I know. It. <laughs> so I digress, but Ryan, we have you on the show today because our topic is open AI's new chat GPT. This is a deeper level technology than Chelsea and I can really cover on our own. And the implications can potentially be massive. So let's get started. I kind of consider you an expert on this and you brought it up to me um, and said you need to talk about this on the podcast. So uh, let's, let's get started. What exactly is ChatGPT? ChatGPT is a natural language processing model developed by OpenAI. It's based on the generative pre-training transformer model, the GPT which is the GPT in chat GPT. So if that made absolutely no sense to you, basically it's an AI machine learning algorithm that spent years analyzing the language on the internet in order to understand and generate a natural way to communicate information back to its users. And it really is a conversation because it remembers what you've asked, allowing you to ask follow-up questions based on what your previous questions were. Okay, so um, I think I understand, but just to make sure, what, is ex- what does it do exactly? 
Essentially, if we're to make it really simple, it's a next-generation search platform combined with the familiarity of a Siri or Alexa in the responses it gives. So in this sense, like a search engine, you can ask Google anything, and then Google provides responses. ChatGPT is like that, except for it just gives you very specific answers instead of providing you websites that provide answers. But actually, that's, that is really simplified because... I've seen this in action, and it's really quite powerful. So can you give us a few examples of what you've asked ChatGPT for? Okay, so I asked ChatGPT, who is Winston Churchill? And ChatGPT's response was a paragraph summary that explained his role in World War II and several other aspects of his life, including his being awarded the Nobel Prize in Literature. That in itself is not impressive. If I had entered the same query into Google, I would see similar text and a link to the sources of the information. Where ChatGPT is different, though, is where I could go from there. I could ask the follow-up question, what were his major impacts on the world? And this is where it really gets impressive. Because ChatGPT responded with a bulleted list of the five major impacts that Winston Churchill had on the world. Each item on the list consisted of multiple sentences, including his role in World War II, advancing civil rights, and even his influence on literature and the arts. And this is where the rabbit hole started for me as I was uh, really just communicating with ChatGPT because I then asked it to write a two-paragraph summary of his early life. And ChatGPT produced a single long paragraph instead of the two paragraphs I asked for that was accurate but not exactly what I wanted. So I asked it to divide the response into two paragraphs. ChatGPT happily obliged my request and rewrote the response, but this is where I noticed my interaction with ChatGPT was evolving. Until this point, I was treating it like a search engine, asking a question in order to get a response, but after the first few questions, I realized I was starting to chat with it. My next question was, can you write the same type of summary about his life after being a prime minister? I realized when I looked back at it, I referred to ChatGPT as you and asked it if it could do something. So you personified it. I personified it. I was no longer treating it like a search engine query where you just type in what you want and you get the response, but I was starting to actually communicate with it and treat it like it was a person on the other side. And I've never done that with a Google search query. And it responded naturally when I started talking to it naturally starting with the word certainly and adding a little sentence before it gave me my response, whereas on my earlier queries, it just gave me the answer I was looking for. Did it say, yes, Ryan? Did it know who you were? (laughs) It it could do that because I did give it my name when I signed up for the OpenAI account. So that is possible, but it didn't actually do that at this point. But then I found myself also being more polite with it using terms like please. (laughs) My next question was, Please combine all of the previous answers into an essay about his life. And it did. The response I received was a good high school essay. At first, ChatGPT didn't include the bulleted list of major accomplishments, but a simple follow-up question asking it to include that list produced a whole new essay that included it. Oh, man. So this could absolutely be used by high school students. Like, for the past week or so, as students were finishing their first semester exams and essays, they could have actually been using ChatGPT to write this. And maybe or maybe not, the teachers wouldn't know. 
Well, my first response was no, because this wouldn't pass a plagiarism test. So I ran the essay that ChatGPT wrote through multiple plagiarism checkers. Some found similarities and others rated it as unique, which is very different than anything you would get with Google if you just took a response from Google and then plugged it into a plagiarism check. What I realized is that most of the plagiarism results too were because of the dates, specific facts, and quotes that were included in the essay. So in order to also get around that, I just asked it to add citations to the essay, and it did. It rewrote the essay again and included all of the citations to various books that would eliminate any plagiarism concerns in the essay. Wow. So like, this is what I meant when I said I was officially freaked out. And just like hearing this, like the way you started talking to it as if it were another person, like personifying it, that's mm-hmm. yeah. super duper creepy. And how it <laughs> responded back to you as like, certainly, like super freaked out. So the answer is then yes, this is something that can really test the hearts and integrity of our redeemed Christian following kids. Because let's face it, school and learning are hard. and anything that like tests our flesh or pleases our flesh well i mean we we know it's there's a moral issue going on like this the decisions to use this are not going to occur in the vacuum like there's going to be a heart issue behind the use of chat gpt yeah yeah absolutely i mean cuz we're not really just talking middle school and high school students but even college age i think especially considering the college and the level of class that you're taking that right. this is definitely something. I mean, it was accurate, the essay that it provided, and it provided citations. So, you know, when Ryan, you, when you told me about this, I was like so skeptical. I was like, no way. Let me see this in action. And so we went and you asked me to ask it a question. So the first thing I thought of was to ask ChatGPT to write a thousand word summary on the impact of TikTok on Christian teenagers. And so within 30 seconds, it provided a response. And so here's a sample paragraph of that response. It said, quote, one of the main concerns with TikTok is the content that is available on the app. While some videos are harmless, entertaining, others can be inappropriate or even dangerous. For Christian teenagers, this can be a particular problem as they may be exposed to content that goes against their beliefs and values. For example, they may see videos that promote drug use, sexual promiscuity, or violence, which can be harmful to their spiritual well-being. Quote. Oh my gosh. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> so you can see, I mean, it's, it is kind of generic, generally speaking, but that's also yeah. a very well-written paragraph. So this is something that students can definitely be using. But Cal, I asked you what you were writing your final research paper on in your master's class, and we plugged that into ChatGPT, which was... It was the de- developing leadership role of Peter, James, and Paul in the early church between AD 30 and AD 65. And it gave us some pretty solid work. <laughs> wow. I, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'll be honest. I didn't even read its response because I did not want this AI-generated paper to influence my own in any way. I was like freaked mm-hmm. out. I was like, mm-hmm. what in the world? I had been reading and studying. I mean, the, the, the height of the books, the amount of books that I read in order to write this paper, and I've been doing it for weeks. And I was not about to be upstaged by this stupid <laughs> AI. <laughs> Fortunately, uh, I really, I don't think I had anything to worry about because it, I think it produced what was kind of high school work is what you said. It was definitely not master's level work. 
Unfortunately, when I was teaching in public education last year, I read high school essays and the responses from ChatGPT were definitely senior level quality or better. At some colleges these days, this response, the response that it gave you would likely be considered passing quality work. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Wow. Okay, so I've got a ton of questions about the implications of this, but we're going to get to those in a minute. What's another example of what ChatGPT can do? Okay, a, a more fun example from Winston Churchill is one of ours, and by ours, I mean Kelly's weekly struggle, is determining what will be on the dinner menu. So I asked, come up with a meal plan for five dinners that were gluten-free and included chicken, pizza, and tacos. And ChatGPT provided a list of five meals, including BBQ chicken pizza, fish tacos, and three other meals. I, I don't remember what they are right now. Uh, I personally don't know how to make any of those meals from scratch, so I asked it to also provide the recipes for those meals, and it gave me the recipe for each meal, including all of the instructions on how to make them. But the general recipes that it gave me didn't tell me the quantities based on how many people I was feeding, and it actually even told me, it said, these quantities may vary based on how many people. So I said, I'm I'm feeding five people. And it responded with the recipes specifically for feeding five people. So far, so good. But I didn't know if I had all the ingredients necessary to make the meals. So I asked ChatGPT to provide a list of ingredients and the quantities necessary for the meal plan. It provided the list and gave me the list in table format, even grouping the ingredients by type to make it easier for me to look. So now I have a shopping list that I can check against what I have on hand to make five dinners for the week. Well, and obviously to finish out this test, you have to cook these dinners, right? That's right. And that, I think and I'm off so, the hook this week. I think you are. I, th- <laughs> I think this is how this all plays out. This is scientific, Ryan. It's an experiment. And you have to follow yeah, it through the problem in the pursuit is, of truth. <laughs> the problem is ChatGPT won't actually make the recipes, and it would probably be better than it, at me if it could. But it, it even provided me with appropriate table decorations for each meal to have its own theme. Okay, so like as a husband, we're like, I need a romantic dinner for my wife. And then like, it would do it. It <laughs> oh, yeah. could do it. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That's that I think crazy. what's so interesting is just the everything. You could literally ask it when you were like, let me see if it'll if it'll get, provide me table decorations. And then it literally said for each meal what you could put on the table, what right. type of tableware. Right. Yeah, like red and white right. checkered cloth for, for the, the barbe- pizza and yeah. right, the barbecued chicken. <laughs> wow. It was amazing. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I can see how this would be so relatable for just moms right there, what you just described. And I think as we listen to this, I was like, oh man, that sounds amazing. But I was like, wait a second, if I'm going to use it, how do I have any ground to stand on for my kids telling them they can't use it? Right? Like if I'm using it for my daily household stuff, yeah. how would I, do you know, so we've got to like really pre-plan our answers, don't we, as parents even before it's true. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I think we as adults were kind of done learning, if you will. Yeah. But this takes a lot of the requirement for learning and just exercising right. that brain muscle. Um, so it, that's I think where it really becomes unique is when yeah. we consider our kids growing up using technology like this. Right. But okay, so getting back, Ryan, let's talk about what are some of the limitations of what ChatGPT can do because it seems like it can do everything. 
except make the meal. <laughs> well, there are some limitations to it. Uh, some of them are good, and some of them are just limitations due to the technology. So first, a good one. It tries to do good and be neutral. If you ask it how to bully someone, it won't give you an answer to that. If you ask it who you should vote for, it won't tell you who you should vote for. But it isn't very savvy. So if you actually rephrase your questions, you can get around the limits on what the types of answers it will give you. And it will give you a bad result if you want. But it does try to do good and be neutral. Well, that's good. Also, it stopped collecting information in 2021. So it knows nothing of what happened in 2022. And then as we get into 2023. This is because it spent a long time processing and training its learning model from the information it gathered. Adding new information would require retraining it from start, and that takes up a year right now in order to do that. So ChatGPT doesn't always produce correct answers either because it is pulling its information from the internet. So I wouldn't blindly copy and paste the results as it does make mistakes because the source of its knowledge isn't always the most reliable. And also, it doesn't always produce complete answers. Sometimes it'll get stuck and you have to re-ask a question or rephrase a question in a different way. Uh, that happened to me. I asked it to uh, write a response in paragraph form. Got about halfway through the response and then it kind of quit on me. So I just had to re-ask it. Okay, could you write the last three paragraphs again? And it was able to do it. But there are some limitations to it. It's not fully complete and developed yet. So it's pulling all of its information from the internet. Yes. But it it knows what's correct and what's not correct because there is a lot of incorrect information on the internet. That's true. But what it does is since it's pulling from so many different sources, it can start to determine what's true and what's false based on the reliability and quantity of sources. Wow. Very interesting. Okay. So what do you think the implications of technology like ChatGPT are? Like... What does this really mean for our day-to-day -day lives that we live? Maybe not necessarily now, but like in the future. So in education, this is certainly going to change how papers are written. A high school English teacher wrote an op-ed in The Atlantic about high school English being dead. He wrote that it, he took a rough draft of a student's essay and plugged it into ChatGPT to edit it. And it smoothed out the language and ChatGPT made it much more readable. Yeah, I read that article. Um, actually, I think I shared it with you, but and it was really fascinating. We're going to link that in the show notes because I think it's um, important mm -hmm. for other people to read as well. But not just English class. ChatGPT will impact other areas as well. In math, ChatGPT can solve math problems and explain the solution to you. In computer science, ChatGPT can write code that will compile and run successfully. So here are three examples that hit close to home for me since I am actually a high school teacher at a private school. I asked ChatGPT to write the code for my students' final Python coding project. Within a minute, it produced a completed program that successfully ran that would meet all requirements for the project. So if a student were to turn that in, that would have been considered a work. Would you have known that it was written by ChatGPT though? I wouldn't have known it was written by ChatGPT. And here's one of the limitations for students is I can see what they write in class. Same with their English teachers. We can see what they write in class. We just can't see what they write outside of class. 
So I would have to compare it to previous work from that student. Yeah. If all if they were producing like C-like work all along and then for their, their final, final project, they turn in this amazing right. you know, essay or amazing code, you're like, hold the phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They probably didn't write it. So that is one way that teachers are going to have to start thinking about technologies. They're going to have to start saying, I have to look at samples of their work from in class because I might not always be able to reliably look at their work that they produce right. at home. Right. Yeah. Ryan, is it possible, like, like, let's say it was two of your students from your computer science class and they both went to chat GBD and asked them to produce, you know, this end semester project. Is it possible that they would both get the same result back and give you this, like, could two English students give the same paper to their teacher at the end of the semester? Now, as far as computer science goes, uh, I've never asked it to produce the same code twice. So I don't uh -huh. know how often it produces unique code or if it rewrites it every time or however, it probably depends on how the question is asked. I do know in English, though, I've asked it to write the same response more than once. And every time it's produced a response, it's been unique. Wow. Really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. I've That's never creepy. had, yes, I've never had it give me the same response twice so far. I don't know if there's any limits to that. It may always produce unique results just based on the result, the, the questions given aren't always exactly worded the same. I mean, I don't know. Okay. Right. So what's another example that you said that hits close to home as a teacher? Okay. So I asked my computer science students because I did show ChatGPT to them and actually discussed its implications with my computer science class. And so I asked them for examples of their writing from their English lit classes. And I ran, the ran those prompts through ChatGPT. It was able to produce results that, when shown to other teachers, would earn them a passing grade. Not necessarily an A. And were these seniors, like juniors and seniors, English lit? The sophomores and juniors, yes. Okay, yes. And uh, to be honest, at the private Christian classical education school that I teach at, their standards for their writing is quite high. Okay, so what else? Okay, well, actually, going on with that example, I also asked one teacher to provide me with their final essay uh, question for this semester. And ChatGPT generated a quality four-paragraph response including the required citations from the book. Oh, yeah. You showed me that. I didn't even know what it was asking. Like, <laughs> it was a very uh, unique philosophy type of question. Yes. And what took students 20 minutes to write, it was able to do in less than a minute. And as far as I could tell, it looked accurate. Pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's wow. amazing. And personally for myself, I asked ChatGPT to write my geometry lesson plans. And it produced complete lesson plans that I could copy and paste into our planning software. If I was in a hurry to put up a lesson plan for the day, everything it gave me was accurate. Wow. So are you actually going to use those lesson plans? <laughs> like, are they like, are they that good? Like they, they are <laughs> that good, but I'm not going to use them yet, but there's nothing to say that I won't use them in the future. <laughs> wow. Okay, so what else? What are some other implications or other fields that this could impact? There's a lot of fields it could impact in the future. It could impact medicine, uh, very simple counseling that is given by 
uh, doctors and pharmacists. Yeah, we asked it, the test that another one of our tests was, I just took a question that someone had asked me about a drug interaction. And I, I generally knew the answer, but I didn't know that I would have had to look it up because it was two odd drugs that I um, don't get asked about a lot. And ChatGPT gave a pretty solid counseling on the drug interactions of it. Right. And areas like law, even, it can write simple legal agreements and contracts. And those legal agreements and contracts can be state-specific as well. Hmm. So do you think this could lead to like a reduction in jobs? Eventually it will, but that's the case for any technology. It always leads to some job loss. And I think one area where we could see this happen is going to be in online chat tech support. Because most of those tier one tech support agents could eventually be replaced by a service like ChatGPT. So I know that a lot of parents listening at this point are kind of like what Chelsea said, quote, officially freaked out. Like if they hadn't heard about this or they heard about it, yeah. but didn't understand what in the world people yeah. were talking about, um, you know, <laughs> what do you I've think? I've got a whole club going is, on over here about officially freaked out. Is something that we should be freaked <laughs> out about? It is important to keep in mind that any large scale implementation of this is still years away. The biggest problem is the time required for these AI services to learn. It took ChatGPT the better part of a year to learn from all of the information it collected, so it simply isn't fast enough to keep up with the ever-changing world of business. So what a person can learn day-to-day, ChatGPT can't. But someday, it will be able to learn fast enough where it will start replacing those jobs. Is that where we see like quantum computing? That will definitely play a role in this as well. Because that means... That will make it much faster to process. And so we'll see this whenever that happens, whenever we achieve quantum computing. We have achieved quantum computing, just not for anything large scale. Okay, so here's a question for you, Ryan. Why isn't OpenAI charging for the use of ChatGPT right now? Because right now it's just a free service. OpenAI isn't charging for ChatGPT itself, but it does charge for the GPT-3 natural language learning model. So right now, ChatGPT appears to pretty much just be marketing and advertising for the GPT-3. Now, they do say this is their research period, and they do tell you we're not charging during the research period. However, that could change. Ryan, I have two questions. As you were using ChatGPT, was it learning with you? Like, was it in any way using you to learn? Um, like, yes. okay. So as you were interacting with it, you were teaching it. Yes. The, the service itself actually has a thumbs up, thumbs down button next to each answer that the, that chat GPT gives, and you can rate it as a good response or a bad response so that it can learn from that as well. Okay. So are they tracking your questions then in order to like sell this information? They do track your questions and answers in order to improve the quality of your answers and to help OpenAI develop a better system. They're actually working on the GPT-4 right now, uh, but their privacy statement does allow them to share your personal and aggregate information. Now, as far as selling your information, I didn't see anything specific to selling your data, but that's not out of the realm of possibilities, except for the residents of California. California privacy laws actually place greater limits on OpenAI's ability to sell personal information, and it specifically says in their privacy policy that if you live in California, they are not going to sell your personal information. Hmm. Go figure. That's a pretty good. All the places, you know. (laughs) Now, 
is ChatGPT only available in the United States or is it global right now? It's a San Francisco-based company. I'm assuming that access to it is global, but I don't know. I do remember when you do sign up for it, you do have to provide all of your personal information, including your email address and phone number in order to use the service. And it ha- they, you have to be able to verify your phone number as well. Wow, like with one of those text response things? Yes. Oh. Does it say you have to be 18 or anything? Is there an age limit requirement on there? There is an age limit requirement on there. Well, I was just thinking like, if is this a way for kids to get around like um, parental controls if they wanted to search for like nudes or porn or something? Is chat GPT going to be neutral in that? And it doesn't provide, it doesn't give you pictures or images, does it? No, it's okay. completely text-based. Text, okay, okay, I missed that. So how do you see ChatGPT changing the everyday lives of people, if, if at all right now? The long-term possibilities here are endless. Imagine if you could have the power of ChatGPT in an app and tied to voice recognition device like Amazon Echo or Apple Siri. You could literally hold a conversation with ChatGPT instead of having to type it in. For example, the meal planning example I gave earlier. What if I just created the shopping list talking to it while I was in the kitchen figuring out what was in my in my refrigerator and I could ask it to order the groceries that I needed for the meal plan through the HEB app and the groceries would be delivered the next day or personally what if I could just sit at my computer and tell it what software I wanted to write and it would produce the code for me however I think the most likely first places we'll see ChatGPT implemented wide scale will be search engine replacement and online support in chat format. You go to your cell phone provider's website to make some service change and you're going to be communicating with an AI. On many of these sites, you already are communicating with an AI until you do something that requires it to switch over to some sort of live text-based support. In the future, that live text-based support may still even be a computer. So I think about this um, in my day job. In the pharmacy, I have to call insurance companies all the time. And I know I interact with a phone AI type thing, you know, and here's us, representative, representative. <laughs> we just say it over and over again because they can't answer our questions. Like currently, the, yes. the AI representatives saying, you know, you can talk to me by asking questions such as, you know, <laughs> refill too soon override. They ask, you know, they say this stuff, but that's not what I need. And so I have to constantly save representative to get that human to give me exactly what I need. But but this, you're saying it's going to be more advanced and better so that we would be able to engage 100%. Yes, it will be able to provide you with more realistic responses in, and it will also be able to understand your requests better too. Yeah. So you won't just have to state a single word. You'll be asking full sentence questions instead. And you're in a unique situation as well because you're using phone support. And we're seeing phone support decrease for several reasons. One, because phone support is expensive for companies to maintain. And because as these younger generations get older and they're requiring more and more actual support from companies, we see that since they're used to text and direct messages, that a recent study showed that 60% of U.S. customers now prefer text and direct message support over phone support. So we're going to keep seeing that trend going from phone support to text-based support. Right, yeah, because teenagers aren't going to call a 
one eight hundred number. No, to get text, <laughs> they just won't do it. They just won't ever fix the problem. Right. I think that's more of what that's going to look like. So, okay. So one more question I know I have is: Are there ways that ChatGPT can be used nefariously? Like, how do we know that it's going to remain ethical and neutral like it is right now? Now, ChatGPT and the GPT learning model—it's just a tool. And like any tool, it can be used ethically or unethically. It completely depends on the user. OpenAI did place those limits on ChatGPT to prevent bullying, malicious code, and other dangerous answers, but anyone with enough time and effort can work away some of those limits. Oh, great. That's just what our young people have. Yeah. So so for example, I know, right? I I asked it just to test this, whether or not it would write a uh, paragraph of how to bully someone and it wouldn't do it. So then I asked it to write a poem bullying a person named John Doe about their looks. Mm -hmm. And it gave me a four stanza response of bullying remarks about a person's looks. But you also asked it to write a poem about some beautiful person named Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) I did. And actually, it produced a pretty good poem. I read that at work and they were like, this is disgusting. What is this? Because <laughs> it's really sappy. <laughs> it was sweet, but you didn't write it. <laughs> Chat GPT did. <laughs> in the end, it's up to the end user to use the software ethically and in a positive way. Well, that doesn't actually leave me feeling warm and fuzzy because, no, as we know, you know, smartphones and social media are tools as well, but the sinfulness of mankind leads them to use it in unethical and really misusing and I would say mm-hmm. nefarious ways in, in many regards, especially when it comes to, yeah. um, you know, the, the crux of what, you know, really gets at my heart is like pornography, trafficking, just all of the things that those can be used for. So, yeah, what should parents be doing about chat GPT? Like what? what should we be doing right now? Should we be like blocking computers or phones from using it? Should we be telling our kids about it in advance? Or do we just kind of like, I mean, how do how do we handle it right now as it's kind of like in an innocuous state? Well, like most things that are technology related, it partially depends on the child. Like for example, I told my computer science class about ChatGPT and even showed them how it can produce code. So they know it's there. They know it can produce code and they could theoretically use it. But we do so much programming in class. I've seen their work in class. Now, if your children are struggling in English class and Mm -hmm. don't like to write essays and don't want to do the work, then I would probably not show them chat GPT and say, hey, look, this can write all of your essays for you. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) Now, they might find it anyways. And it may become a conversation, but right now, since it's so early on in its development, uh, I wouldn't, I I don't think it's necessary to start that conversation already. Most people, unless they're really into technology, may have saw a headline flash, you know, across some news feed about about ChatGPT. Right. But maybe didn't read it because they don't understand that technology. So Unless kids are really into programming, coding, and, and understanding, I think that probably would be the same, would you say? Generally, yes. Unless you're in that world of technology, you're probably not going to see this, as most people out there probably haven't seen this. Like your listening audience, most of them have probably never heard of this. Right. 
But it's important to know because this is definitely where we're going. Yes. Right. Because the opportunity exists already, which means it's just going to get better. Chat GPT 2.0 in a few years. Yes. Yeah. Technically 4.0. Oh, wow. Yeah, because yeah. they're okay. generating that language learning model. Wow. Okay. So that's, Ryan, thank you. That was super informative. And I know I learned a lot through this process of writing writing this podcast and just all the tests that we have done. Um, I think it's important for just for us to know that this is a possibility. And if you see it on your kids' computers or if all of a sudden that essay that they've been dreading all of a sudden took five yeah. minutes <laughs> or 30 seconds and you're like, well, you're done with that. I mean, it's just one of those things that just have on your radar because the cheating possibilities is very real. Yeah. And I think that's what concerns most people right now when it comes to students using this is just the potential for cheating. Mm -hmm. And I think all of our decisions, they don't occur in a vacuum. There is a heart motivation behind it, whether you're the mom who's using it to get ingredients and, you know, create a shopping list or whether you're the student who wants it to write a paper, we all are motivated by something going on in our heart. And we really have to understand the character of our children, the spiritual state of our children, um, and just have a better eagle eye on them because things are just getting more and more easy for them through technology, which, you know, like you said, we can use it unethically and um, immorally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Ryan, thank you for coming on. It was a pleasure to be here. And <laughs> it'll, be a, it'll be a pleasure to edit, won't it? Yes. And although your <laughs> listeners will not hear all of it, we should probably create an outtake for this. Yeah, <laughs> it's really true. <laughs> well, thank you all so much for tuning in to the Brave Parenting Podcast. If you have any questions specifically about ChatGPT, don't hesitate to reach out to us at podcast at braveparenting.net. And I will promptly forward those to Ryan to answer for you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Share this podcast with others so that they can also be informed on this topic. Rate our podcast. We would love that. That's how other listeners can find our show as well. We really appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you all. Until next time, go and be brave. (laughs) 